Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, we've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, Saturday show, three o'clock hour here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Adrian Lizer here with Kyle. We just discovered we're neighbors down in uh, both of us, residents of Murray. Him, Alex, and I, we're all re- residents of Murray. So uh, it's snowing in Murray right now, probably as it's coming. It's starting to come down out here on uh, Stockton 12 Honda. So come by, see us, get inside, get out of the snow. And there's a Type R Honda Civic right here with your name on it. That's a pretty sweet ride right there. So uh, we'll tell you more about what Stockton 12 Honda has for you later on. But I want to let you hear from, uh, well, first, Eric back in the studio. Eric, you're a big NFL guy. I've got a piece of trivia for you. All right, hit me up. Do you know what head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, Mike Zimmer, was doing from the years 1981 to 1988 without looking it up? I think he was... Was was he coaching? He was coaching, and he was coaching from 81 to 84 as the inside linebackers coach and from 85 to 88 as the defensive backs coach at one Weber State University. Oh, wow. I didn't so know So there you go. There's some fun NFL. Yes, that's some NFL trivia for you people out there and Weber State fans. Head coach of the Vikings was a Weber State Wildcat. I don't know what they were in the 80s, if that was even their mascot, but he was there. And uh, speaking of Weaver State, they get the big win over Montana last night in the FCS playoffs. And first, we're going to let you, and we're, uh, I just want to let you hear from some of the voices following that game. You've got some players and Coach Jay Hill talking about their big performance. And uh, here's some of that audio from their win last night. Adam, uh, today you had a school record five sacks. Uh, tell us how that feels to have such a big game on the, uh, in such a big stage. I think I only had four. Oh, I said, did I say five? I meant four. Sorry. Yeah. Still, still, still a school record. Still a school record. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to step on nobody's toes. Got it, I'll take, got I'll take the four. Got four school record. How's it feel? Uh, it feels great. Uh, this week, I think the whole defensive line was in at 5:45 of the film, so I feel like that gave us a little bit of an edge. And we were just in his face all day, and somehow I got lucky and got the four. Did you have a different matchup than you did when you faced them before, or you just kind of figure out a few extra? What was the difference between this time, last time we played Montana? Uh, we played angry, I would say, because the last game we went in there and they kind of smacked us around. And this game, we just showed what uh, real Weber State football is like, and uh, that's hard-nosed football and great defense. So, George, you're you're a player who, if you don't watch a lot of Weber State football, people might not know who you are, even though. Yeah, and you kind of you even got all conference honors, but uh, what does that feel like to to be in those positions to make the the plays you did today? Uh, I'm grateful, really. I don't know how I ended up there. <laughs> I was just doing my job, and I was trying to kind of hide from the quarterback and then <laughs> show up at the end and get the pick. But um, it was amazing. It felt really good, and the first pick I could have scored. I could have tried to score, but it was one of those moments when you pick the ball and you're like. 
what am I doing now? <laughs> so, yeah, the second one, I just had to secure the ball and finish the game. Hi, Mom. Yeah. Was that a, a little bit of a difference in the scheme to, to drop you back, or, or is that just something that never really... Not necessarily, yeah. It was just like, like I said earlier, I don't know how I ended up getting the picks, because <laughs> we've been doing these plays before, and this week, just the quarterback ended up throwing it my way, so I had to take advantage of that. Adam, when we talked earlier this week, you mentioned that you would literally carry your brother on your back. What was it like playing tonight and carrying each other around? I don't know. That was that was that was fun. I like playing with my brothers in the snow and stuff, and watching this dude go in and get two picks. That I would, I told him I'd trade in one of those picks for those four sacks. Like that's that's crazy. I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for our DBs. Got five picks and we got six sacks. Like. That's just, that's brotherhood football. We playing together, and I feel like if we keep doing that, we're tough. Just on the surface, you guys are going to the national semifinals. This is the first time in school history that's ever happened. I mean, just how, how does that feel just on the surface? It doesn't feel like anything yet, really. We haven't realized what we've done. It's, it's an amazing, I think it's, throughout the week, we're going to realize what, the preparation is going to take for us to win the game and the amount of work that we have to put in and as we get closer the we're going to be getting more excited and more excited so definitely we've got to take it seriously and take advantage of this moment first time you guys played montana there were you know the early miscues and you guys got down in a big hole early on the road how much of a difference was it to you know be pretty much neck and neck and you know when you were down striking distance the whole time I think it had to do with our mental focus because definitely the the fans had a big influence to the game. And after about a couple of plays and the fans yelling at you, it was kind of like we kind of puckered, but yeah. School history was made today. I know there's a lot more to this journey, but what makes this group of guys, this team, your brotherhood, one of the kind? I don't know, we just show up every day and it's just, it's a fun environment to be around. Like, you don't want to like go to work or school and just be bored out of your mind not wanting to do anything. Like, we come here and we're like geeked out to play with each other, lift, watch film. Like, we have fun in every moment of every day with each other. So, it's just great. Yeah, I think it has to do with the fact that we spend at least five to six hours together <laughs> a day. Yeah. So, we kind of have to figure it out and have fun with it. What do you think makes this team different from other teams in the past? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I don't know. We're definitely a lot younger than, like, in the past. Like, we've had, like, seniors in, like, all, like, position groups with our DBs. They're all young. Our oldest guy is a junior, so he's coming back next year. And uh, I just young talent. That's, that's all I can say is we're just young. Well, they're young. I'm old, but he's young. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think it has to do with our standards because throughout the years we've been we got to the playoffs, we got to win, and then we got to the playoffs again, and it was kind of like, okay, now we got to do something more and something more. And the entire team was thinking about that since this season this season started in August in full camp. We everybody knew what was the goal, but we just kept silent and we took every week and it's a week to get better to get to this point. Adam, uh, you, 
you guys, late in the season, you guys have been down at halftime a few times now. Uh, kind of take us inside inside the locker room each of those times, you know, especially tonight. Uh, Montana had a pretty decisive touchdown drive and the offense was struggling. Um, what was the feel at halftime and, and how, have those, how did those previous games help you? Uh, it's kind of bad that we're always going down at half, but like we to go in there and it's like, okay, well, start over like it's a new half like we're down but we're not out like it's not like the Montana game prior like we're in this game and anything can change like he got his pick in the second half two picks and that just changed it that changed the momentum of that and you just got to keep going with that how much did Josh Davis's um touchdown kind of change the momentum and, and him coming back into the field of play Josh is an energizer bunny. That dude just goes and goes and goes. Like, you give him the ball and you he's fi- he can find any little space and he'll take it. Like, it's fun watching that little dude. He's a little dude and he will bring it to you. So it's fun to watch him play and it's just he energizes the whole team. Like, like I said, he's the energizer bunny. Funny thing is, you see him, he can't walk and then he's <laughs> playing the next series. It's kind of like I thought you were injured, <laughs> but no, he just just goes at it. This matchup was really personal. I mean, obviously a big sky rematch, but also you guys go way back with Montana. Um, how much of that personal vendetta drove you guys going in there tonight, or if any? Uh, I, this game, I like it because it's like a lot of smack talking between plays, like pushing and shoving, and it's just that's the nitty gritty football that everybody loves and. I, I live for that. He lives for that. Josh Davis lives for that. Uh, the whole team, like, that's just who we are. We're not the biggest guys, but we're going to give you some some stuff. <laughs> as far as the whole defensive performance, I mean, what is, a, what is required to have a performance like you guys had tonight with five interceptions and six sacks? Film study. That's what it goes down to. Film study, being prepared, just knowing what they're going to do at these these moments in the game and show tonight. Do you guys feel like you were seeing everything up there on their offense develop a little more quickly and sort of knew what was coming a little better? Definitely. I think, yeah, our preparation was a big influence in this game because, like Adam was saying earlier, everybody showed up at 5.45 in the morning to come watch film Monday through Thursday, and that just adds up so much more knowledge and it makes you more comfortable in the game. And how long each day did you guys watch film? It depends. It was finals week, so we got yeah. as much as we could get in before we could, we had to watch it at practice and stuff. So like we usually try to get in like an hour or so. Adam, most of your um, sacks came on. Actually, all of your sacks came on third down. Was there? Were you aware of that, or was there something about third down that, that you were really keyed in upon, or? Did I didn't. I didn't know that. I was just. I, I wanted to go. <laughs> I was just trying to get after these guys because I don't really like them, so. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Nobody quote that last comment. <laughs> and then if you guys show video, can you blur out their faces? Uh, there you go. That was uh, Adam Rodriguez and George um, Harless, and we will let you – we'll throw it back down there for Jay Hill here in just a second as uh, Jay, uh, Eric's getting Jay ready to go. Um, 
it just a just a fun night of what I had it on while the Jazz game was going last night. And it was kind of a the, the game early. It looked cold. It was definitely wet out there uh, as that storm moved through the Ogden area. Uh, I saw a lot of tweets of fans in there and then seen on the videos uh, or seen it on TV. They were it was cold, but uh, the fans stayed. And the second half, uh, you heard them talk about the fact that they had so many sacks and the interceptions. I mean, four interceptions on any day is a fabulous defensive day. And actually, it's interesting, Jay Hill, uh, who was on with Tony in Austin on Tuesday, he said, he talked about how uh, the secondary was going to be tested, and they're a young secondary, and they were going to be tested, and he was excited to see them step up to the challenge, and they certainly did. So that was one part that he, uh, he said he was going to be watching, and they certainly brought it uh, as that defense had a great day. And uh, they only allowed 30 – uh, yards going into halftime for total offense. So uh, that, was, that was pretty great defensive play. All right, uh, here's Jay Hill following that, um, following their game as uh, Weber State defeated Montana. Okay, uh, obviously big win against uh, a very good opponent. I think they're very well coached. They've got a lot of seniors on that team that have played a lot of football for those guys. Uh, it's a big win for our program. I thought the defense played outstanding to have a combination of five interceptions and six sacks to get 11 in that category is huge. Uh, probably the stat of the game. Obviously, the blocked punt was big by Jacoby Harris. Uh, lack of offensive efficiency is a little frustrating, but I will say this. The offense did a phenomenal job under those conditions of not turning the ball over. I thought that that was a key stat in this game to go plus five. Usually you win by a little bit more than we did, but um, then not, them not turning the ball over was big. So uh, very proud of the seniors. Uh, they continued to add to their total of being the winningest senior class in school history. And uh, I can't say enough about their preparation and their leadership and what those guys mean to this team. It's it's huge. And obviously, you just interviewed Adam. You can see his passion and love for this program. That's that's big. So, what is it about Adam that makes him so special on defense? Well, he. I mean, he he's got the it factor as far as rushing the passer. His senior year in high school, he led the state of Utah in sacks. And he's done it, quite frankly, every year since he's been here. He just has a knack for getting out to the passer. And he's, he's pretty relentless. Another playoff game with a second-half comeback. What does that say about the character of this team? Well, we're, we are resilient. Um, they don't flinch. I said that to the team after. Uh, it, that's college football. When you get into this stage, everyone's going to be good. And there might be games where you're up and you got to keep playing, and you might be down a little bit and you got to keep playing. And uh, they've shown that they don't really flinch and that they can do that. They can just keep playing and not really get down. Did it appear to you that uh, your guys' defense was a lot more prepared and seeing Montana's offense a lot better than the first matchup of the season? Well, that, that first matchup was not us. I think everyone will agree that we did four or five really uncharacteristic things and in that setting up at Montana, they have a great crowd. And it just, we got rattled, we didn't handle it good, we made four or five key mistakes, and quite frankly, we didn't overcome it very well. Um, they have a very good defense, and when you get down to that defense, it's, it's hard. And today, when we were able to get the lead in the second half, 
you can see the difference just on what a two-score lead can do to you because now they got to start chucking it and our defensive ends can pin their ears back a little bit and go. And that's really the flip of what happened in the game up there. They were able to do the exact opposite to us. Can you remind me what your – you have a goal of, of sacks and turnovers every day. Six. Six, okay. If you can get six, usually you're doing pretty good. So to get – that's why I say to get 11 is big. What uh, – I don't know. It, was, was there anything different scheme or effort-wise? I know it's kind of human nature to maybe hang your head a little bit in the first matchup versus tonight uh, when it was not in, you know, nearly the same game at half. Well, Can sure. Like I say, I think the first matchup was very uncharacteristic, and I thought the first matchup would go very similar as today went. I thought it'd be a dogfight. Um, I got all respect for Coach Houck and how he runs his program and the talent that Montana has. So we just we didn't play very good up there last time, and today was more us. What do you think goes into a defensive performance like you guys had tonight? Uh, preparation, belief, great players. Uh, you know, a lot of those plays that were made, those two guys that were sitting here are, are phenomenal players. And Eddie Heckard had a good game tonight. He, he made some huge plays. Weather was a factor, obviously, but both teams were playing in it, obviously. So, um, yeah. I thought John, oh, sorry, Andrew. No, you're good. A trip to the semifinals for the first time in school history. Does that mean anything to you? Oh, yeah, that's big. Um, we, we said we wanted to take another step forward this year, and uh, this is part of that step. I don't think we've finished it yet. Uh, we want to be mentioned with the elite teams in the country. This is, you know, three straight years, at least in the quarterfinals, now going to a semifinal matchup. And uh, just our players and myself, we're not content with where we're at yet. We still have bigger goals ahead of us. Uh, going undefeated at home this year was obviously huge. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty happy with what's going on, but there's still a lot more to accomplish. I thought Josh had maybe the biggest moment of the game where he came out injured, came back in, and scored a touchdown. And I don't think he came back in after that. Can you just talk about how just the kind of guys he is to come back and make a play like that? Josh Davis is a tough, tough football player, and he's a coach's dream. Um, he's injured pretty good. He got a hip pointer type injury. And uh, he could barely move his leg without pain shooting down his back. And so for him to go back in there and gut it out when we needed him to be in on that play was huge. It just, it just shows to his character because he was pretty injured at that point. What can you say about uh, a lot of the young guys in your defense and their, their journey, I guess, this season? Because you had George and Eddie and Mark. And well, this secondary is young, right? I mean, there's there's times out there we got three true freshmen out there, and um, they just continue to get better and better. And really, most of the time, the bigger the stage, the better they've played. Um, so I'm excited to see where this group will get. And uh, Adam alluded to it. You're playing with uh, two linebackers that hadn't played till this year. You're playing with a, a really young secondary. And quite frankly, with George and some of those other guys are in there. This is a young team still. You got almost everybody back on both sides of the ball for next year. Winning a senior class, first time in school history. We keep hearing all of these big milestone things. What is it about this group of guys that makes them so special? Well, great leadership, uh, tough, resilient. I, I couldn't uh, tell you how much, how much I love these guys just because of how they bought into me and the program and the other coaches. 
this is what you want in a senior class, and uh, they're pretty special. The fun thing is we got another one coming up just like them next year, and so uh, the, the future is so bright, and uh, like I say, we got a lot to accomplish still this year. What do you know about James Madison? They are very good. They uh, Two years ago when we played them, probably the best team we've played, at least the FCS team we've played. They had won 24 straight games at that point. They were very talented and loaded at that stage. Uh, they graduated a bunch of those guys last year. They were young, and they have almost everybody back from last year's team. Uh, they're very good on both sides of the ball. So. Since it is a rematch, is there anything you can take away from that game two years ago, or is it too far away? Um, probably too far away. It's a new coaching staff that they have this year. Uh, there might be some players left, but no, this will be a pretty new challenge for us. Okay, guys. There you go, Coach Jay Hill of uh, Weber State talking about their win over Montana. A fun game yesterday. They will move on to take on James Madison, as you heard him reference there at the end. And uh, that will be next weekend, I believe Saturday. And it uh, should be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see what they do. Don't miss Jay Hill will be on Tony and Austin Tuesday morning around 11.45. So you don't want to miss that uh, as he's joined us every week throughout the season. And I'm sure he'll be excited, and those guys will be excited to talk to him about this victory. Uh, we're here today, Stockton 12 Honda, um, 10860 South Auto Mall Drive. It's the happy, happy Honda Days here at Stockton 12 Honda. And uh, this month you can get a, $10, a free $10 gift card. Just bring your car in for an appraisal. You, no purchase required on that one. Uh, they also want to buy your car today, and they'll give you $500 more towards your trade-in. 2019 Civic for $5 a day, the 19 Accord for $6 a day, the 19 CRV for $7 a day. And uh, also, if you're into trucks, check out the new Honda Passport. It's got 280 horsepowers, uh, horsepower, horsepowers, horsepower, 3.5 liter V6 engine, and a max 5,000 pound towing capacity. So come check out the Passport. And if you're in the uh, if you're in the market for a certified pre-owned Honda, they've got that giant selection out there. So come see us. The sun is out out there on the lot, so you can come check out uh, some of the cars they've got out there. Coming up on the other side, let's take a peek at the NFL as it's wrapping up the season. Uh, we've got a fun weekend of NFL football coming your way. There's a few big games, a few big games last weekend that we kind of alluded to, and they lived up to the hype. And uh, now we've got another week of football ahead of us. The playoffs are starting to get interesting as the picture starts. <coughs> Excuse me. To <coughs> uh, the playoff picture begins to form itself. All right, that's more coming up next here on the Saturday Show on the Zone, Spor Zone Sports Network. Talk jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies, even on the weekend. The weekend. You're locked on to the Saturday show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Saturday show here on The Zone Sports Network, 3 o'clock hour. Thank you for joining us throughout the day. Uh, if you're looking for Utah Weber State basketball action, Tony Parks, Tim Lacombe, are over on the 1280 signal. So if you're looking for that, uh, Utah uh, was up by double digits. Uh, last time I looked, I can't get my computer to pull up the score, but uh, Utah was in control. Uh, we're down here at Stockton 12 Honda. Got Kyle here, and he's handing out stuff for everybody. A, little, a couple more things left. We've got a couple shirts left. 
uh, out of tote bags, but we've got some of uh, those seatbelt pads still, some shirts, a uh, jazz desk ornament, as well as some jazz fan parking signs. So come down, come grab some swag, and uh, walk out of here with some jazz gear. Um, big thanks to Jay Hill, uh, Adam Rodriguez, and George Harless from uh, Weaver State as they uh, joined uh, they spoke post game. Austin Facer went up there and he got that sound for us, so appreciate him. And uh, it's a fun night across the state last night as Weaver got that win. The Jazz got the win, of course, over the Warriors. Uh, the Jazz with a rare couple nights off. They'll have three nights off, uh, like a mini vacay in the middle of the season as uh, they won't play again until Tuesday against the Orlando Magic at home before they head out on a three-game gra- three uh, Eastern road trip as they'll head to Miami and uh, – Charlotte and Atlanta so that should be a fun road trip for the Jazz fans as those are a couple good teams uh, at least exciting teams uh, and the Atlanta Hawks as they've kind of been a bummer this year but uh, they've got Trey Young and so they're trying to build something already seeing like get Trey Young some help stuff going on in second year so uh, he will always be compared to Luka Doncic who's having a much more a much uh, team-wise better season out there in Dallas uh, real quick, I wanted to get in a little NFL talk as uh, the season. We are in week 15 uh, of the NFL season, and uh, it's starting to we're starting to see a bit more of the playoffs as uh, the the picture starts to become more clear. Uh, the week started with New York, the Jets at Baltimore, and uh, of course Lamar Jackson just threw five touchdown passes and broke the quarterback rushing record all in the same game. So he's just amazing. He's got to be your MVP this year. The Ravens are 12-2, and two, looking to me like the best team in the AFC uh, by a pretty good margin, I would think, And uh, in my opinion. Uh, the Patriots are always looming there. And uh, like Eric has said uh, on the show last week, Eric, you said that until someone knocks the Patriots off, uh, you have to believe in what New England's doing. So uh, but Buffalo and uh, Baltimore played a pretty good game last weekend. Buffalo uh, could not could not quite pull it off, but Baltimore tr- improves to 12 and two uh, on the season. Uh, some games of interest, if not because of uh, if not because of the matchup itself, but Patriots Bengals is interesting just because of the the controversy surrounding this game that we talked about in the technical fouls is the Patriots just put themselves in the situation where everyone believes they cheated, even though this one seems like maybe a moment where they might not have done so. Uh, the Buccaneers, they travel to Detroit to take on the Lions. Jameis Winston is having one of the weirdest seasons ever. He like almost leads the league in, ten, in, in uh, touchdown, touch, uh, touchdown throws but also is a guy who throws more interceptions than anyone. They'll go take on the Lions. Uh, big game this weekend in the in a division. A couple of big divisional games, actually. The Bears, they go to Green Bay. Uh, Chicago have not – didn't really capture what they had last year, but if I'm a uh, Vikings fan, which I am, I'm looking for the Bears to try to go in there and maybe pull off this mini upset uh, against the Packers. The Vikings just have – perpetually being one game behind the Packers for that NFC North uh, lead. And every time they, because of that loss earlier in the year, which the Vikings totally blew it against the Packers, but uh, they've just keep keep on being one game behind. And so the bears for me need to go in and win that game. And for Tony Parks, go into Lambeau, win that another big divisional game, uh, the Texans at the Titans, the Titans have actually turned in a pretty good season 
uh, in the last, they've been playing really good football. And the Texans, I, I thought the way they started the season, they were going to run away with that division. Uh, but they are certainly not doing that as they are both at 8-5 and five in the AFC South. So this is a huge game for the Titans and the Texans as uh, they want to hang on to that first round home game again in the, the playoffs. Broncos Chiefs, uh, Eric's Broncos going on the road against the Chiefs. Uh, the Broncos aren't much this year, but they've been playing better lately. The Chiefs, I'm, I don't know, 9-4. and four. It's hard to say you're disappointed in a 9-4 and four season, but Mahomes got dinged up, and they just haven't quite been what I thought they would be. But still, 9-4 and four is a great year. Uh, Dolphins, Giants, Eli Manning, he uh, he makes another start this weekend. Played pretty good last week in the first half and then didn't do anything in the second half uh, against the Eagles. And that, to the chagrin of Cowboys fans who are looking for a little bit of set- separation in the NFC East, which is just a hero. Just this year is horrific. Uh, the Eagles will go on the road at Washington this year or this week. Seahawks, Panthers, not much interest there. Raiders, Jags, not a lot going on there. Browns, Cardinals, not the greatest matchup. Vikings, Chargers, interesting for the Vikings uh, as they're trying to keep pace in the NFC. They And they have a losing record on the road. Their only four losses on the season for the Vikings are all away from U.S. Bank Stadium. Another big one, Rams at the Cowboys. Kind of a must-win for both teams, I would say. Uh, the Rams, they are holding on into that wild card chase one game back of the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, the Cowboys looking for to get to 7-7 seven and seven on the year. The Cowboys are perpetually 8-8. Eight and eight. That's just what they do in Dallas. They come back every year, and they bring you an 8-8 eight and eight record. And it uh, looks like it could be another year of that. Niners-Falcons, and then a big one. Steelers and Bills. Bills trying to keep pace with the uh, New England Patriots. And the Steelers, kind of a quiet, um, quiet good season out of uh, Pittsburgh just because of the way the Baltimore has been playing. You haven't really seen uh, a lot of talk about Pittsburgh, but I believe they're um, – if I can get my thing to work here. I believe they're – yeah, they're in the wild card spot, sixth right now in the AFC. So uh, the playoff picture right now – it's pretty interesting. You got the Titans, as we talked about, at eight and five. They are one game out of the playoffs. And then it's Pittsburgh, Buffalo at that fifth spot, Houston right now at the four spot. So you're talking about t- Titans, Texans could play a huge role. You're talking about one team going in, one team going out. Uh, the the Ravens obviously not going anywhere, and the Chiefs have both clinched, um, but New England still hanging out. And in the NFC, the Niners, Packers. Saints, Cowboys, Seahawks, Vikings are uh, what your your uh, playoff picture looks like right now. Uh, Eric, back to the studio. I know you're a big NFL guy. Uh, Eric, what teams are you thinking are going to stick around in the playoffs right now? you think they're pretty set, or who do you like to maybe make a last-second push? Well, I know who I like to fall out, and it's not going to make you very happy. No, okay. I, I just, Turn your mic off. I see, but I just don't see it. This week is a crucial week for the Vikings. I know it looks like it's just for Chargers, but the Chargers' defense has been incredible the last few weeks with Derwin yeah, James Yeah, but no team knows now. how to lose close games better than the Chargers. Except the Vikings, maybe. Okay, yeah, except the Vikings, maybe. Yeah, so this, this could be... I, I feel like if Vikings win this week, they're safe. They're in. Then I'm, I'm confident they're locked in. If they lose this week... I really, I still really like the Rams. I don't think they're done yet. I think they're going to be a team that hangs in there down the stretch and 
blows out some teams. And I, I think they're going to beat San Francisco in a few weeks. I just think mm. that, the, that the Rams are going to finish the season on a winning streak. And if someone like the Vikings were to slip up, they'd be the only team I see getting in. As far as the AFC goes, I like the Steelers' defense a lot, but I think personally I'd like to see the Titans in a lot more than I would the Steelers because I I have just fallen in love with the Tennessee Titans over the past few weeks. I love Derrick Henry. I think he's having an all-pro year. And Ryan Tannehill is playing some of the best football of his career. And their defensive front is no slouch, one of the best in the mm-hmm. NFL. Yeah, Derrick Henry is turning in a really nice year. And uh, he's kind of been, you know, a Heisman winner and kind of like a forgotten guy because he's been in Tennessee. And because Marcus Mariota never really turned his career into anything, you kind of forget that the Titans have some really nice pieces. So Derrick Henry certainly has been having a very good year. Uh, Yeah, I'll have to disagree with you just because I'm a fan. But I I wonder what's going to happen with the Rams. They've certainly fallen off. But I will say... Whoever gets into that sixth seed and gets to go on the road to play the Cowboys, I like the road team in that wild card game. Yeah, I, d- sure. I don't think the Cowboys are getting past the first round. And I think, honestly, if the Cowboys were to get embarrassed in Dallas by the Rams this week, I, I think this is the week we could see Jason Garrett get canned finally. Yeah, it's it's been a long – I can't believe he's already been there like 10 years. It's crazy how long Jason Garrett has been in Dallas. These uh, these years just go flying by when you're watching football. Well, he's a perfect whipping boy for Jerry Jones. Yes. Jerry Jones yes, can't go on Dallas Morning Radio and tell the world that he hates Lincoln Riley two weeks in, but right, Jason right. Garrett's not going to say anything. Yep, totally. So uh, the playoffs should be really interesting. I think the NFL playoffs are so fun just because it's just one game and out. I think right now my favorites for me to come out of each conference – uh, I like the Saints. I know you're not a big fan of the Saints. You don't think they're very good but as or as good as they've shown. But I'm thinking the Saints right now come out of the NFC, and I like the Ravens to come out of the AFC uh, if we get into the playoffs. Yeah, I got to eat some crow on the Saints. They're pre- they, were, they showed last week that they're up there with the, as the class of the NFC. But I just – the Niners still won that game, and Jimmy G's playing yeah. really good football right now, and the defense is – a little bit banged up, but they'll get healthy. I think the 49ers are the team out of the NFC, and I, I just I won't pick against the Patriots. So yeah. I, I can I think it'll be New England and the 49ers. That's weird to say that John Lynch might be a better GM than he was a player, and he was an amazing player. Well, he was one of, he was how, one of my favorite guys to watch. And how quickly like perceptions change in the NFL as well. Because right. this offseason, he was a guy that was being talked about as this guy is on the hot seat. He hasn't mm. all – DeForest Buckner hadn't broken out yet. Solomon Thomas hadn't broken out yet. People were, were saying this guy can't draft defensive linemen. And then halfway yeah. through the season, they are being lauded as the best defensive line in the entire NFL. It's crazy how That's quickly the get, narrative yeah. shifts. Yeah, you gotta give. Sometimes you gotta give players time, and uh, but in this sports culture, it's like two years is almost the max of what anyone will give you, especially fans, of what they want to see out of their teams. So uh, there's a little uh, NFL breakdown. The NFL is my uh, my favorite team is in the NFL, so I love following that. Um, coming up on the other side, we will wrap things up here from Stockton 12 Honda. 
Uh, we'll give you a preview of what the Jazz have got coming up on their upcoming road trip and some NBA news and notes, and then we'll make way for the 4 o'clock hour here on the Zone Sports Network. Don't forget um, Tony and Tim Lacombe over calling Utah Weber State, and then Scotty G will be on the call for Utah State BYU. Big in-state matchup this uh, tonight down there at Vivint Smart Home Arena. That's all coming up here on the Saturday Show. Let's go live! We talk Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies, even on the weekend. Weekend! You're locked on to the Saturday Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Wrapping things up here in a little bit from Stock to 12 Honda. We'll let you know what they've got going on for the rest of the weekend. Make sure you come check them out. Uh, a lot of customers coming in today buying cars. It's been a lot of fun to see. Stopping by, getting shirts, getting jazz gear. Um, real quick, Utah, they are uh, going to win the game against uh, Weber State. Uh, 60 to 44 is the score right now, but uh, there's 145 left in the second half. So looks like Utah is going to improve to 8-2 on the season. I don't believe Ryland Jones played in this game, but uh, Timmy Allen, 19 points, seven rebounds, and uh, four assists. Jarek Harding for Weaver State had 15 points on the day. Later on, don't miss the Utah State BYU game. Uh, as Ken Pomeroy put it early in the show, he had it as his third best matchup of the day. Uh, nationally, so uh, may you want to tune into that one if you can figure out where it's on. I think it's only on BYU TV, he said, but should be a fun one. Scott Gerard will be on the call for the Zone Sports Network. Uh, we talked earlier in the show, the Utah Jazz, they get the win last night over the Golden State Warriors. Um, they've won two in a row, one over the Minnesota Timberwolves, and once, uh, as I said last night, over um, the Gold State Warriors, they were down 10 at one point, kind of had to battle back, and then the Warriors hung around. Alec Burks had a nice night, uh, but the Jazz were able to pull away. But I, I still think there's a lot for this team to show. I'm sure they know that as well. Um, I believe that the expectations, if you want to put that, if you want to call it that, I think they were fair going into the season. I think it's fair to expect them to play better than they have, especially on the defensive side. I don't believe you drop off that heavily. Um, in defense just because you added uh, new pieces. So uh, one thing they have talked a lot about, um, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports, who you can catch on uh, as part of the Jazz pre-half and post-game coverage, he wrote a piece about how the other night against Minnesota, they just talked about communication, communication, communication. That is the thing. And uh, that, that it might be that just that. You know, they need to communicate better and more, and maybe getting some practices in will help. Um the NBA has expanded their schedule, so there aren't as many back-to-backs and things like that, but it seems like it has been affecting how many times teams get to practice. Uh, Quinn Snyder, Coach Snyder, he talks about that all the time, um, about how they haven't had a lot of practice. And so this is the time, next 20 games, they don't have a back-to-back in any of them. Um, they, will have, they have the 30th ranked strength of schedule. And I, I've never been I've never been on the – well. They were losing to hard. They're losing to good teams, but just you wait because they're about to uh, play a weaker schedule. I've never really subscribed to that in the sense that don't be worried because they are going to be fine because they're going to beat bad teams. I, I believe that yes, there is a point to that, but also they made these changes and they made 
the roster in the way that they did because they believed that it would make them compete against these great teams in the NBA. And you heard Howard Beck say on the big show yesterday, if you want to be considered one of the elite teams, you have to go out and beat the bad teams. And with that, I think you need to look good in those wins. And you need to, um, you also need to uh, look good against and compete against the teams that are at the top of the NBA, which the, the Jazz haven't really done that. Maybe since they beat the Milwaukee Bucks 17 games ago, they were the last loss for the Milwaukee Bucks. So there's something to say there. Uh, but I, I, w- I would like to see a lot more uh, cl- close and get wins against the top teams in the NBA, which I believe they will get to. And maybe all they need, and to the point of the fact that they're playing an easier schedule, maybe that's all they needed. Maybe all they need is a, go to the stretch here where they go to Orlando or they play Orlando. I expect them to win that game. Orlando's not very good. All of a sudden, you're on a three-game three game, uh, winning streak. You go on the road. You kind of fix your road woes by defeating Atlanta and Charlotte. All of a sudden, that's a five-game winning streak. You're feeling really good. You go into Miami, a team that is very good this year. Kind of surprising the effect Jimmy Butler's had on that team, in my opinion. But maybe you go in and you defeat Miami on the road. You hand them a home loss. And then you're feeling really good as you come home and play uh, the Blazers after Christmas. And then you've got the Clippers. And all of a sudden, the month of December turns into a really good winning month. You go into January where there's still a lot of winnable games. Into January, you've got Chicago, Orlando, New Orleans, New York, Charlotte, Washington, Brooklyn, uh, New Orleans, Sacramento. So you've got some teams that you could go. You could go on a pretty good run right now. I'm not saying they win all these games, but this should be a streak for the Jazz, where they are able to put some wins in the win column and look good doing it, and feel good about the the team that you've put together, and figure out those ways the way to uh, really come together as a group offensively. I don't think there's anything wrong with the system. You saw a lot about that on Jazz Twitter. No, I think Coach Snyder runs a great offensive system. I think the defense, there are some problems, but I believe that maybe it's just as simple as communicating better and turning yourselves into a strong, you know, top 15, top 10 defense. And then, you know, and that's you heard all the players last night. They talked about, oh, we needed this. Joe Ingo said we don't have a choice but to play this way, or to play well. And uh, I, I think he's right. They they should be able to go on a run here and play well and show to themselves, maybe more than anybody, prove to themselves that they are a winning team. Because if you look at the West right now, the Jazz are sitting at sixth spot. Uh, they're tied in wins with the Denver Nuggets, but the Nuggets have played three less games than the Jazz. Um, it's always weird to me how that works. But anyway, the Nuggets are 15-8, and eight, the Jazz 15-11, ahead of the Oklahoma City Thunder, who came in and beat the Jazz the other night. And uh, the Phoenix Suns sitting there at the eighth seed with the Kings, who the Kings started slow, but that's a team I believe that's going to find their way into the playoffs. I think they're the longest streak of playoffless appearances uh, in the, the Western Conference right now with the Kings. So the Kings, I think, are going to get back into this. And uh, then you got the Rockets at 17-8, and eight, only a couple of games ahead of the Jazz. The Mavericks, 17-7. and seven. You would think that, yes, the Mavericks, they are for real. They are a legitimate playoff team. But I think the experience of the Jazz wins out um, – in you maybe catching the Dallas Mavericks and uh, the Rockets, you know, James Harden's incredible. I, it's hard to, people don't like it when you praise James Harden because, uh, you know, jazz fans don't like the way James Harden plays. Uh, a lot of people don't like, it. I don't know. I love it. I love watching scoring. He's the greatest offensive player in my opinion that we've ever seen. And uh, he just puts 50 up on the board and no one even pays attention to it. And he does it efficiently. 
and uh, no one wants to, no one wants to talk about how James Harden's good because uh, they don't like his play style. But the the dude's amazing, and uh, but maybe you catch them because it, what if they go on a couple game losing streak? Does that does it get a little volatile as we've seen the last couple iterations of what the Rockets have rolled out there with James Harden? And the Lakers and the Clippers, they're the class of the West. I don't think anyone's passing them in the standings. That, to me, you know, the Lakers are – LeBron decided to care again, and all of a sudden they are an amazing team. It has worked perfectly with Anthony Davis. And uh, the Clippers, they're uh, – the the Kawhi and Paul George thing is going to work out just fine. So maybe the Jazz can find their way back up to that three seed. I don't believe they're going to pass either L.A. teams, but I think they have enough talent – coaching and a good enough locker room to get themselves back up into that three seed conversation all right that's going to do it for us today here at stockton 12 honda wrapping things up but they are still going to be open to help you it's happy honda days here at stockton 12 honda it's the clearance pricing event here and uh, come and get a Civic for five dollars a day the Accord for $6 a day, the CRV for $7 a day, or they're extending their two Hondas for $12 a day thing, and that's been an amazing deal. Uh, we've ta- I've talked to a few people who have done that. They have loved it. Um, also come see their giant selection, certified pre-owned Hondas, and uh, if you're looking for a certified pre-owned vehicle, they've also got their service center. Um, they do a great job here. Jake's brought his car in here, and you can go online. Check them out, Stockton12Honda.com to see any car and you can buy any car online too so it's a pretty good deal uh so come down check them out 10860 south automall drive that's going to do it for me here uh big thanks to kyle running things and eric back in the studio and uh we will say goodbye to you talk to you next week here on the saturday show on the zone sports network